Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. I hope you're all doing well, whatever you listen to this podcast. We appreciate you for checking out the show. This is a bonus episode with returning guest Serena of the band Spalbard. I love Spalbard. Spalbard are such a fantastic band, and Serena is a fantastic front woman, guitarist, vocalist, really, really awesome, super chatty, super honest, and super open throughout this conversation. And I want to give a massive shout out to Serena for coming on the show because this is actually, like I say, the second time she's been on. She came on uh, originally in 2021 and she was one of the very first guests to give this podcast a chance um, as as a musician and come on. So I'm super, always super grateful to sit down with her and chat all about music, about life and all the good stuff. So it's, uh, it's really, really appreciated. And speaking of good stuff, Spalbard have a brand new record out on the 6th of October called The Weight of the Mask out on Nuclear Blast Records. And let me tell you something, it is absolutely wonderful. It's a wonderfully, wonderfully brilliant record. It's really, really good. You should definitely be checking out. We speak about mental health. We speak about touring, the creation of this album. So much, so much more on this conversation. Uh, we sat down for just over 40 minutes, uh, but I feel like when I chat to Serena, I could I could talk for hours about lots of different things. It's so, so brilliant, this conversation, and the album is absolutely outrageous. They're playing a lot. They're playing six uh, headline shows across Europe, uh, and they're also coming to the UK and playing a couple of shows as well. So make sure you check out uh, all the social media and stuff to get tickets for that. Um, and speaking of social media, if you want to help support this very show, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We are Nevermind Poly Podcast on both of those things. Go and share our stuff. Give us a like and subscribe. Or we're also on YouTube. You can actually watch this interview on YouTube. Um, and if you are feeling uh, incredibly generous, and it is very much uh, if you're if you're that way inclined and would like to help support the show we do have a patreon page is patreon.com forward slash never podcast it helps keeps the lights on helps keep the podcast running and all that good stuff but um until then i'm gonna let you guys listen to my conversation with serena of spalbard on the never mind podcast let's get to it Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. And first and foremost, as I've just said to my to my guests that we're interviewing today, I apologise for the state of the sound quality potentially. I've got my washing machine going mental, my cat's going mental, but we're powering through because we've got returning guests to the show. I've got Serena of Spellbard. How are you doing? How's things? Hi, it's great to be back on Nevermind Polly. Thanks for having me again. I'm uh, all good. Looking forward to chatting tonight. Awesome. Thank thank you for coming on because um as I actually done um like a little infographic thing just based on like the previous podcast and things and obviously because we're coming towards like the end of this year and kind of like gearing up towards that. And I think that you were number like eight, like you were like the eighth person that ever like I interviewed properly on the podcast. So it's it's really nice to kind of see I listened back to that podcast, which you were fantastic on, but I was just this bumbling kind of mess. And then like to kind of see where everything's come and it's been two years. And yeah, so my first kind of question is, is how are you? How's, how's the last couple of years? How's everything going? All all right? Oh, wow. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, all good. Uh, pretty hectic, not going to lie. Lot, got lots going on. Uh, you know, got the, the ba- very fine balancing act of a 
full-time job in the games industry and a Svalbard being yeah, about to release an album yeah. and about to do another tour in October. So uh, lots going on, very busy, but loving loving pretty much every second, so can't complain. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. And that's the thing as well. I, I guess it's always nice. So having having a job in the games industry, let's, I think I should start there, to be honest, because you are a massive gamer. I love playing games and things like that. So you've kind of, you've got that is like the, the the quote unquote day job, which must be super fun getting to be in that industry, then playing music you love. And so yeah, it's kind of an, a lovely kind of little package. And, and I love that. So um, obviously we spoke about um, the fact that Spellbard's new record will be coming out on the 6th of October, the, the weight of the mask. And I've heard it and it is very, very fucking good. I mean, I'm a fan of your band anyway, so that was going to be a given, but this is a masterclass. I fucking love it. How are you feeling ahead of the record? What's the mood like in camp with the rest of the guys? How's everything going with that respect? I tell you what, I am so, so ready to play these new songs live now. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've got a couple of them, the ones that have already been released, like mm-hmm. Eternal Spirits and Faking It. They've been in the set for a few months now, but there's so many songs on this album that I am just super excited to play live for the first yeah. time. So really can't wait for that can't wait to be back on the road again in october and i think what's really interesting is the weight of the mask is one of the albums that probably took us the longest to write out of any album we've written as a band and so it feels like we've been sitting on it for a really really long time yeah so i cannot wait to sort of see the reactions and and see how everyone in you know if people enjoy it and stuff once it's finally out because it feels like we've had this one in our nest for a good while. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's again. I'm I'm not a musician or anything like that, but I can I can um, I feel that kind of anxiety of kind of and that kind of excitement because we'll have this conversation now, and I'm quite lucky with this one because this is going out like in October, so it's only like a month out or so. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I've doing like scheduling for podcasts I recorded like in June that are only now going out, and it's kind of like when they get released, everyone's like, "Oh, that's amazing," and I'm like. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, that was cool. I forgot I kind of did that. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's always on to the next kind of thing and the next project and whatever else. So it is that kind of, um, that expectation of kind of gone, cool. Like, because with an album, it's, you chuck everything into it. It is, you know, blood, sweat, money, passion, tears, all of the, all of the things into that one being. And then you kind of project it into the world and hope it kind of makes a splash. If that makes any kind of sense, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a very kind of daunting experience to release an album, especially releasing your first album on a record label that you hold in such high regard as Nuclear Blast. Like, yeah, you sort of, you're just really hoping and praying that that people like it and stuff like that. It's definitely, it sort of feels like holding your breath and getting ready for the big exhale. That's what it feels like. (laughs) Absolutely. How how has that relationship been with, uh, with Nuclear Blast? Because as a very i mean i say this to a lot of people but i'm a very very small fish in a very very big pond that is this kind of industry and everything um and i feel like a lot of people are kind of feel like that but nuclear blast are again just a beacon of everything is good with metal pretty much or at least i think so and they've been such a, a staple of quality for such a long time so how was it kind of getting on board with them and how did that conversation sort of start and, and how has that been Oh, it's been absolutely incredible. It still doesn't feel real to me, yeah. to be honest. To, yeah. to be on this record label, I mean, all my favourite bands release mm. records on Nuclear Blast. 
they have yeah so many bands that I admire and, and look up to and they as you said they've released so many quality albums over decades and decades it's it's one of those things where you go how are they still this good at yeah. releasing great albums this far into yeah. their sort of you know they it's just it's just been amazing and uh, they've been so supportive and we've got a great team behind us and yeah we sort of couldn't really ask for more really it's been been absolutely incredible experience and how it came about was um a couple of record labels approached us amazing um after the success of when i die will i get better mm. and uh i mean when we heard nuclear blast were even vaguely interested yeah. <laughs> i kind of i knew in my heart where yeah. i wanted to go already <laughs> yeah. um but yeah we sort of um had a chat with with some different people from some different labels and straight away with nuclear blast it just felt like it clicked it felt like they understood our artistic direction and what we wanted to be doing and it felt like they could really help us grow so yeah it's just been an absolute dream to be honest I, I still feel like i'm gonna wake up one day and and it's not real you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely and that's the thing as well i'm like i say i'm so lucky this podcast doesn't exist without the help of nuclear blast of all the different pr people and the different record labels but nuclear blast is one that goes kind of and again shout out to, to claire and joe who literally just go above and beyond always just to help you know they'll be like oh cool we'll set this up we'll set this up and i'm like like you're kind of doing my job for me in that respect because that's the thing half half the battle is is getting people to come on and everything else because again people are busy but like they'll go do you want to talk to like serena and so well i'm like absolutely like absolutely want to talk to serena do you know what i mean so it, it's just such a lovely lovely thing and, and something i want to want to touch on as well is and i don't know how much you personally want to go into this because i feel like you probably get asked this a lot with the record as it comes out this is a really deeply personal record um, for you and for the band and you've never shied away from uh you know the lyrics being kind of the driving force um for the for the uh, for the music and things how was it kind of writing those lyrics and, and kind of expressing yourself and being so open because you've tackled like a lot of world kind of issues and things like uh, on previous records but this feels very very internal and very much from the heart if that makes sense I'm not saying that, but do you know what i mean yeah, sure. I mean, uh, so the, the lyrically with this album, it's a lot more inward looking. Uh, yeah. It's a lot more about dealing with depression and anxiety and specifically going into the real kind of minute of how that affects your relationship with yourself, how it affects your relationship with others and how isolating it can be and how it can lead to a kind of state where you're around people, you're talking to people, but you still feel completely alone because of yeah sort of what you're going through in your mind and sort of again there is a slight sort of a very very subtle sociological element of you know um the the title being the weight of the mask um and that's to convey that pressure that is still prevalent in society to kind of mask the depression and to not let it show and to sort of feel like you have to be fun and, and, and good all the time like and oh i hate this phrase to be on form yeah yeah absolute <laughs> worst yeah yeah, yeah. i say I, I, I can only speak for um you know the the male population but the, the expression man up is something uh, and oh you know like that whole thing is just and you know generally speaking 99 percent of the time i am just i am as i am like this happy kind of chappy happy go lucky do you know what I mean? so when people when people when i when i go a little bit below that everyone's like oh my god what, what the fuck's wrong with matt and i'm just like 
I've just woken up the wrong side of the bed or I've not had my morning coffee. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, but that's only like the, the tiny little surface details. It is, but that's the thing. I suffer from uh, anxiety and um, and uh, depression thing myself. And it's kind of like this album like really spoke to me and it did bring a tear to my eye. And I'm not ashamed to say that because it, it did like end... Um, I, I want to touch on it in a moment, but how to swim down that whole song, because it kind of felt like the centerpiece of the record. Because the first five tracks are kind of a big old slap in the face in terms of the music, right? And that's exactly what you want from metal. That's exactly what I personally want from Spellbard. And then I heard that song, and I was like, okay, right, okay, let's let's, let's simmer down, let's bring it back down. And then it just like it don't know, it just affected me. Do you know what I mean? So. How how was kind of writing that specific song and how does that come come about? Because it is kind of uh, an an outlier, but not in a bad way. Because it is kind of this kind of like it, the first five songs, like I say, is is a is a punch to the face in terms of like you know riffs and things like that, and then it kind of simmers down, and then it's like oh okay, and it kind of really caught me off guard, <laughs> and that that's kind of a good thing. So how how does a song like that come to be? It was a really interesting one with How to Swim Down because that was actually meant to be an instrumental bonus track oh, on the album. Nice. It started out with just, just me and Liam writing some the, the bare bones of the guitar melodies and Liam going, oh, maybe I'll put some violin on this. And then mm. that was kind of it. We weren't going to do lyrics. We weren't going to build it up to quite the level that it became. Yeah. And then it went from being an instrumental bonus track once we were in the studio I added lyrics and added those like vocal melodies and all the harmonies and stuff. And uh, Liam did loads and loads of layers of violin and it just built into this song. It was really unexpected, which I think is nice. That's where the magic is, is when you you don't predict stuff like that happening in creativity. Uh, you know, we didn't sit down and go, right, now yeah. we're going to write our version of Nothing Else Matters. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it is the Svalbard ballad. Um, yeah. But in, interestingly, it is actually my favourite Svalbard song we've ever written. Yeah. I think it has the most emotion to it. And yeah, really proud of that song. So it's definitely been an interesting one. That's that's the thing as well. Um, Like you say, you, you can, if you wanted to, and you could kind of, uh, the average casual listener could listen to a Spalbard song and just focus purely on the riffs and go, yeah, fucking let's go. This is amazing. And you kind of have to go a little bit like tune, fine tune your ear a little bit sometimes to like, oh, what was actually being said? What? And again, you're not mincing your words a lot of the time in the song. So it's kind of like the, the metaphor is kind of straight to the point and, and quite blunt a lot of the time and saying this is what the song's about. But like, I guess it's kind of nice to kind of, it, it potentially could be quite a nice gateway people to get in because that's the thing i always find with with a lot of metal bands when i was growing up i kind of had like you say nothing else matters by metallica and i was kind of like okay cool and then before i knew it i'm listening to um and justice for all and i'm kind of like oh shit how the fuck did i get here like do you know what i mean so that's that's really cool i i love it it's a, it's a fantastic track I, I really really do i love it it's great oh thank you very much yeah it's i mean it's it's fun to think of that song being potentially misleading a bunch of mm. maybe non-metal heads or people who don't <laughs> listen to that heavy stuff into the world of Svalbard like yeah that would be great if it can be a you know an entry point for for some people I think that's really important to have those absolutely and I wanted to talk about the and the music video as well because was that done in-house uh, that because the, the animation and stuff because again that's just really really cool it kind of gave me um I, I kind of I've been dabbling with um with anime and things so like um my friend was massive into anime and she loves like things like spirited away um 
my neighbor, Mr. Tortosaro, is it how you say it? Um, and that kind of gave, yeah, that kind of gave me that kind of uh, sort of vibe. And I really liked it. But again, it is kind of, it's like very kind of blunt and to the point, but yet so beautiful at the same time. It, how did that all come about, that the music video? Because I think, again, I think it's really cool. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, that video was animated by an animator called Boy Tillikens. Okay, He's done sure. loads of fantastic work animating videos for other artists, all different types of music and stuff. Really, really incredible artist. And we approached him. We've, we've known him. Uh, he used to play in um, in a sort of smaller band on the DIY circuit years and years oh, ago. Amazing. So we always knew, we knew him through sort of the DIY scene and uh, we always wanted to work with him on an animated video and once How to Swim Down had come together we we realised oh this is it this is the song that gets the animated video because it feels like it it's a journey of a song yeah. which uh, then lends itself to a video an animated video with a story like the one we have and then in terms of the story so I storyboarded it and yeah. sent that to Boy Tillikens, um, to, to and then he came up with everything he had and it was one of the first instances there's only been two instances of this where we work with an artist for say some album art or a video and they send us something back straight away based off the original email and the original notes and it's perfect oh, and so that video he got it right the first time and then the same with the album art for this album by Hester Aspland mm-hmm. I sent her like a vague idea of, of what we wanted and she sent back the beautiful cover that you see today and I was just absolutely amazed like the ability to create something just off the you know no no back and forth no need for sort of critiques and uh, um, feedback just straight away nailed it amazing I, I love i love that and that that's something as well that i think is really important it's everything about this um about this record from the from the artwork to to the music videos and everything it's very real it's very human and kind of not to get kind of too futuristic in, about things but with the way in which kind of people talk about ai and things like that i think you can't mistake human like innovation to do things do you know what i mean like computers are fantastic and i'm not going to be a skeptic and go oh no ai is terrible because ai does a lot of good things and can do a lot of good things but i think um i think people maybe kind of uh worry a little too much do you kind of have any thoughts on on that kind of process because again it is like you can't replicate what humans can do in in that respect do you know what i mean i think if you're looking to create art that forms a meaningful connection Mm. with listeners or anyone who's consuming that art then it's got to have that human touch. It's got to come from the heart. It's got to be, you know, thoughts that you have thought, melodies that you have just have sprung into your mind. Like, every, of course, everyone is influenced by everything around them and yeah, outside stuff. But I think to have that power of resonance, lyrics that come from personal experience or lyrics that, yeah, are kind of unfiltered mm-hmm. and uh, direct are really going to, be able to achieve that in a way that perhaps ai is not like yeah. i don't know there's something very prescribed mm-hmm. about ai yeah and um and while yeah like you say i think it's a great time saver in yeah. certain scenarios yeah. uh, i don't think as far as music concerns is concerned i'm not sure how much it has to offer that sphere yet yeah absolutely absolutely that that makes that makes perfect sense and we touched upon this earlier, but you're heading out on, on a tour across um, the across Europe in, and with a couple of dates in the in the UK as well. 
Um, so kind of how's tour prep going? I know we're sat here in the middle of uh, September, but obviously you're always working, always progressing and always doing things. How kind of is that kind of tour prep going and things? Well, we've just, I think we've just sort of figured out which new songs from the new album are going oh, in the set amazing. now. Nice. So that's always exciting. You know, yeah. everyone wants different songs. Everyone doesn't know which old songs to take out because that always feels weird when you take an old song out the set. Yeah. It feels kind of like, you know, waving goodbye to a friend who you're not going to see in years. Like, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss playing that song. But, you know, you can't play them all we're not metallica we don't do three hour sets (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're just sort of getting that sorted and getting the rehearsal sorted and thinking about how we can make these shows as as an engaging and exciting as possible um but yeah really really looking forward to being back out there again after festival season was great seeing the reactions to the singles has been great so now it's time for, for the headline and to dive a bit deeper with the album i think and that's the thing as well. It, it, I, I do think there is an absolute craft in, in terms of writing a set list because I think it's very easy for fans to be like, and again, it's kind of comes, I guess, from a sense of love, but also entitlement of going, wow, you didn't play X song or wow, you didn't play this song. But like, I get it. Like, I guess it must be nice to be like, okay, fans are engaged. They want to hear these songs, but also like we have to go and actually play this stuff. And, and you know, like if you've played a song, um, you know, uh, from the first album, for example, you know, you've had, you've been sitting on that material for three, four years. And it's kind of like, okay, I'm kind of overplaying that now. I want to play some new stuff, some fresh stuff. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and how do you kind of, do you kind of balance that uh, sort of internally, but also managing expectations of, of kind of super fans? Because I know, for example, like, I'll go and see a band I really like, and I'll be like, oh, they didn't play anything off their first EP that got like one, like, <laughs> like a hundred releases. And I'm like, well, of course they're not, like, because there's going to be like two people in the crowd that are going to be into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you kind of deal with that if you, if you do have that at all? A lot of it is trial and error. So a mm. lot of it is playing, putting a new song in the set or maybe putting an old song in the set yeah. and seeing how it goes yeah, and seeing the crowd's reaction. Like, interestingly, one of the reasons we don't, play for the sake of the breed very often live is because it doesn't go down very well live and like we used to play it quite regularly but we realized it was like becoming the flat bit of the set so um so yeah you just a lot of it is about just watching the crowd seeing their faces seeing like if they're having a good time and basing your decisions on that and then the other half of it is realistically what songs sound good and have the right energy for live yeah um like so a song like how to swim down uh we're gonna really have to think about how and if we can ever play that live because it was a very it's a song that's born of a studio like it's got six layers of violin four layers of vocal harmonies um unless we have a choir and an orchestra we're probably not going to be able to do that song justice live i i want that that's that's something i want to have that's fair (laughs) i mean that's what i want as well but they're very expensive yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, uh, so you, we're kind of, you know, trying to figure out if there's other ways, different versions of that song we can play live, because we would love to do it, but you always want to do the song justice. Yeah, of course. So you're always thinking about, like, what has the real kind of driving energy that's going to energise the crowd when you're playing live, and that informs what new songs make it into the set for sure. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the thing as well. I I, I don't generally, like, drink at gigs, but I know people who do, and they 
And they always, they start, I have friends that like, you know, they'll go out uh, to a gig and like, they'll treat it like a Friday night. They'll go to the, go see the metal show and then they'll go get hammered at the bar in between the, in between the bands and whatever. And again, no shade, that's cool, but like, it's just not for me. But they'll go to me, they'll go, well, I really hope like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a piss or a beer break in the set. And it's kind of like, but you've paid to see the band. Like, I, I don't ever under, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be say that I'm going to be like, I'll watch a band and enjoy every song. Because again, sometimes there is lulls and things like, oh, I don't know this one so much. And at that point, I probably, I mean, what I used to jump in the mosh pit. I've turned 30 now. I can't be doing things like that. I'll end up breaking a bone or something. <laughs> but it, it is kind of like, it can be um, a difficult thing to try and, like you say, put, put a set list together. So, I don't envy you in that respect because <laughs> it, again, it, it can be hard, but um, what, what is kind of without giving too many secrets and too many kind of magician uh, tricks away, what, what is uh, kind of all can fans expect from these shows? Um, a lot of fast, heavy songs. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, a couple more new tracks off the album. The ones that we're most excited to play live. Um, yeah. And just kind of, everything that that we normally have really there i mean it's it's, it's always hard when to, i've never been asked what can fans expect from a svalbard mm. show because i find it really hard to describe a svalbard show because i'm playing the show so i'm not yeah, watching it i don't, yeah, yeah, I don't actually course. know yeah, what yeah. it's like, like yeah. i don't know what we might be rubbish i don't no, know what it's all. like <laughs> to watch svalbard um so yeah i don't know in terms of it's it's a longer set it's very heavy yeah very sort of energy intensive um stuff yeah not not probably i would say unless there's like a heavy fast song you don't like there might not be a chance for a beer or a toilet break oh there we go there we go (laughs) that's the that's the dream and that's the thing i've seen you guys uh, a couple of times um both obviously your own shows and also uh, festivals and stuff and for for a fan perspective it's kind of it's kind of nice to see like because uh, a festival is a battle of the bands in, in the in the greatest kind of possible way because it's you've all on the you're all on a level playing field no one's playing louder than each other but you've kind of you you kind of want to draw the most amount of people in but also afterwards you want to be the one that's bit you, your name wants to be on the lips of everybody after your set so kind of how do you approach Kate say a headline set versus a, a festival slot. I mean, it's a very different experience because with festival slots, a lot of the time you don't have time for a proper sound check. So it's a lot more hectic. You're a lot more up against it. If you're playing festivals overseas, you may have flown in, which means you will have Mm -hmm. a third of the equipment that you normally use. So you'll be sort of running on the real bare bones of what is required. Um, But then they can also be the most fun and they can also have the most you know electric atmospheres and we're we're lucky to have played some of the most exciting metal festivals out there um this year so i really really enjoyed festival season this year whereas a headline show i think it's much more intimate um there's much more you know that's the thing when you're playing a festival show you're playing to people who probably don't know your band yeah um, or maybe some who do some who don't so a lot of it it feels like trying to win people over yeah. and sometimes just step out on stage and you won't be greeted with like a big cheer because people don't you know there's they're, they're checking it out but yeah. they're not already a fan yeah of uh, and that's your kind of opportunity to show them what you got and see if they like it but uh, obviously with a headline show, people have already made the effort. They've already bought the tickets. And yeah, it definitely it feels a lot more like like home. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And there's something that I, I wanted to bring up as well is um. So I saw you guys um at Bloodstock twenty. 21 i want to say it was um and my, my i remember my friend who uh you probably played the main stage my friend didn't know nothing about the band right and i said oh we gotta go check us out and she was kind of like okay what what do they sound like i was like just go and watch them like i'm not gonna try and like i'm not very good at putting people in boxes i don't want to put people in boxes but they're heavy you'll enjoy them just go. and she kind of was a bit like okay there's four of them singer lady okay and then you just started and instantly she was like fucking hell like and it was just this like this joy in my face i was like see told you like <laughs> do you have you do you ever get that with with yourself being a music fan when you've kind of uh you've discovered a new band and you've gone oh fucking hell they're pretty good <laughs> i mean i have it where like uh i remember at that, that bloodstock show dragging yeah. pretty much anyone i knew to along to see fellowship i was dragging uh, justine really? nice. serve, nick from <laughs> witch sorrow like yeah. everyone i was like you've got to got to come and see fellowship on the new i think they were on the new blood stage or yeah. the second stage it was one of the indoor stages and it was at the time you know before they'd released their really amazing album and, and they were a little bit less known at the time dragging everyone to see them and then watching their faces like just light up as they saw what an amazing band they are so that's always really fun when you can show great bands that you love to other people and then in terms of checking stuff out and being absolutely like wow you know amazed yeah. i mean that is that's one of the things i love most about going to festivals um just check i mean i've sort of i've listened to them a little bit but i properly watched the entire set of the band eagle at arc tangent okay yeah. and that absolutely blew me away that was incredible was that um, this year so that was yeah yeah, yeah that was a really nice surprise um yeah. and there's been so many incidences as well when i've been at shows and the, and the opening band has like completely just you know knocked my socks off so yeah yeah. Again, it's, it's, I love it when that happens. It, it's the same. It's the same uh, people who said earlier about who who want to go on a Friday night to a metal show. And they'll go, oh, do we have to check out the support band, or can we get can we go to the pub beforehand? And it's like the, your favorite band was a support band once. So yeah. go and go and see the support band, and you you know again, I've seen I've seen plenty of very average support bands, and I've seen a few bloody terrible support bands. And I'm talking objectively, of course. I don't mean they're actually bad at playing the instruments. Just for me, it was kind of like it's not for me. Um, but that, that's the thing as well. People who um, who do go and check out sport bands, they're so important because, yeah, like they are going to be the next kind of. Then they're going to be the next headliners and stuff. Um, have you guys locked in their their supports yet for the for the tour and things or? Uh, so the support for um, the most the majority of the tour in October, I think mm. the EU dates is Bones of Minerva, who oh, okay. I saw at Arc Tangent. Amazing. Fantastic band. Really, yeah, really um, hard to describe, hard to pigeonhole, which in my opinion is always a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so really excited to play some shows with them. Uh, and then obviously the London date is beyond the Redshift, so that's yes. the Cult of Luna curated uh, day festival. And then for Leeds, we have my best friend's band, Without Love, playing. Oh, amazing. Uh, Zetra, who I, I mean, I love Zetra. Yeah. I will go and see Zetra every single time they tour. <laughs> Absolutely love that band. And then Hidden Mothers as well, the black metal band. Amazing, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really lineup for Leeds Key Club show, which I'm excited for. And then 
Bones and Minerva on the on uh, most of the other dates as well. So it's going to be good. Absolutely. And I, I want to quickly touch on uh, Beyond the Redshift, which is a, a, an all-day festival that's been curated by um, Cult of Luna, obviously the headlining things. Uh, Lights Napalm Death, Emma Ruth Frundle, uh, Birds in Row, uh, Slow Crush, loads of fantastic bands. Do you know what particular stage and what particular venue you guys are playing? Um, obviously, you want to give that a shout out. And is there anyone on that festival kind of build that you're excited to see yourselves? Um, we're playing uh, the Kentish Town Forum. Amazing, um, nice. So that's going to be really, really special. Uh, I've never played that venue, but my favourite show I ever went to was there, which was Amazing. Avantasia in, yes. uh, I think, 2019. They played for three hours and it was great. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> um, nice uh yeah so really looking forward to playing that venue and then in terms of like bands to check out i mean yeah slow crush are all i really like their the stuff they've released recently so really looking forward to seeing them birds in row i mean we've played so many shows with them in the past and they just get better and better every time so can't wait to watch them obviously napalm death and cult of luna is going to be fantastic as well emma ruth i mean i could just list the entire lineup (laughs) when you say to me who are you excited to see it's pretty much it is everyone i know that sounds like a cop-out but that lineup is so stacked that i genuinely can't wait to see everyone there awesome stuff awesome stuff and that's the thing as well. I, I don't know if it, uh, how comfortable you'll feel being put in this bracket. It's meant as a compliment, but it's kind of, I see yourself in the way that kind of I see Matt Heafy from Trivium in terms of like, you're, you're both very good at very promoting young up and coming bands in terms of metal. And it's kind of like, it's really, really good to see because when when people are fans of things and they shout about it, it costs literally nothing. But it's like, it's just so nice to see people lifting each other up. And again, I've kind of in the last year kind of immersed myself more in this kind of in this world and tried to befriend more people and kind of make more connections. And it is for on the most part, a lot of people just lifting each other up and saying, check this band out, go and see this band, go and do this. Like, and that's that's really cool. So it's not even a question. It's just props for that, basically, because I think it's really, really cool, you know. Oh, thank you very much. That's a really nice compliment. I really no, appreciate like, that. Yeah, so. it's, it's um, uh, like I say, I, I'm always seeing you, you, you guys sharing sharing stuff and, and things. So it's, it's really, really cool. I love it. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's all good. Um, and, and the other thing as well is, um, we spoke about this on the last episode you did. So I don't want, I don't want to tread too much water from from the previous episode, but I can't not because I'm a massive theme park fan, and I know you're a massive theme park theme park person right so what are you excited for for 2024 because there's some big projects coming in 2024 and i am finally getting to so i'm getting married next year and me and my partner are both again massive theme park nerds and um we're actually going to uh port ventura for the first time and i ca- i've been wanting to go on shambhala for the longest time and i've never got on it and cause i've never been so i'm finally ticking that off my list what are you excited for in 24 from a roller coaster I'm going to warn you now, oh, Port Ventura is the worst run theme park I've ever been to. I have I've heard been this. There. Yeah. I've been there four times. Yeah. Expect three hour lines that don't move. Expect yeah. rude staff. Uh, yeah, I don't want to put it down. One thing I would no. say, I don't know if, if you've planned it for a specific time, but if you go in December, it's usually quieter and the weather's still really good there. Yeah. So that, I mean, I'm going to go in December just to ride Uncharted, uh, yes, just to see Uncharted, what it's like. Amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, 
I do like Red Force at Ferrari Land there as well. But I would just to say something completely honest and completely realistic. Yeah. Port Aventura is not and not the best um, in terms of hyper coasters like yeah. Shambhala. Silver Star at Europa Park is really Amazing. really good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Germany's so Germany's on my bucket one. list. Germ- Germany, like that whole like thing, is on my bucket list so badly and. So we wanted to go somewhere. We kept sort of toying with the idea of where we were going to go. And she likes, you know, beaches and, and hot weather because we're getting married in July. So it's kind of like, okay, where do we want to go? And we kept kind of skirting around and kept going back towards Salou. And it's like, should we just go there then? That just seems like the best idea because, you know, like you say, only an hour from Barcelona for shopping and all that kind of stuff. Also the uh, the Barcelona football, ta- football team are there. So, you know, there's that for me. But uh, obviously the beaches, and then obviously Port Ventura. But I am kind of aware of how bad that potentially could be. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, like you say, Salou, it really is like the perfect tourist destination for a little bit of everything. You've got yeah. a city break with Barcelona, you've got beach if that's your thing, yeah. and then you have got Port Ventura for your your big activities. So I'm sure you'll have a great time. I think you might have to buy fast passes. Yeah, we've already uh, said that. Yeah. <laughs> Because like, yeah. uh, that's just the reality. I would just say is sadly you you probably should bud- add that into your budget. Otherwise, you will have yeah a miserable time like yeah. I did last year. Um, but you. in terms of coasters, I don't know. It's been an interesting one because I'd say this year was was really exciting with Tutatis at Arcastrix yeah. opening, um, and that that was really exciting. And then obviously next year you've got Project Exodus at Thought Park, which Come is down on. the road. From- so good. I can walk there. So can you I, walk? Yeah. Oh, amazing. I can walk a little part from my house. Um, and I do it almost every week. Um, nice. I don't blame you. <laughs> but like, yeah, really excited. Obviously, it's the tallest, fastest roller coaster coming to the UK. Um, so that would be nice to finally yeah. to have something nice and, and large in the UK. For, we yeah. haven't had that for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, that's I'd, in terms of what I'm ex- most excited for next year. Roller coaster editions. It's a, it's a tough question because there hasn't really. I'd say like this year has been the year of the Intermins to get yeah, technical. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah, yeah, Gotham yeah. City Escape at Madrid, which I'll be doing in November. Amazing. And to Tartus, which I've, I've been twice to Park Asterix this year. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> really good. Uh, and those were definitely two really exciting additions for me. Um, whereas next year, yeah, I guess you've got Project Exodus. Oh, and Top Thrill 2 at Cedar Point, yeah. which be Very. interesting. I mm. mean, I've ridden Top Thrill Dragster and it was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one for sure. And that, that's the thing. I, I think you're kind of, um, every time I just see your Instagram, I, I always think you're living the best life. Because you're always either either playing shows, playing metal music, seeing metal music, or play, or going on roller coasters. So I'm always slightly envious, and I'm just like, ah, oh, she's there, she's there, oh, she's doing that, ah, oh, God, I've got, I wish that was me. <laughs> but it's it's all good. <laughs> um, I've got I've got a um a couple of final questions uh, before before you let you on your way and things. And I'm not sure whether I asked you this when we done this uh, two years ago. So I'm going to ask it again, and I I don't believe we did. So. In 2023, uh, and by the way, you are going to be part of the 100 Club. So in 2023, I'm recording 100 guest episodes, and this you're going to be number 80-odd something. Uh, and basically, in two years, I recorded 100, and then in February, March of this year, I was like, I can do 100 in a year, and we're now really close, and it's kind of like... 
touch and go, are we going to get there? So I'm really glad we got this one nailed on. But um, yeah, so in 2023, I'm asking when um, Spotify, Apple Music, insert big brand buys this podcast, right? This is for any American listeners satire because Americans don't understand British satire sometimes, right? When they buy this podcast, I'm going to create my own dream festival, right? And Spellwild is invited along with all the other bands who've played and performed on the on the podcast and things. Um, and then what I'm going to do is because we've got loads of that big brand money, we're going to make it in the biggest possible field we can get our hands on. So there's no financial restraint. There's no like logistical constraint. What would you like to add to the rider of said festival? Now, to give you a little bit of context to this, right? I had um, everyone say to me, like, we just want like socks, like pants, like water, fruit, towels all the really bare bones essentials and again there's nothing wrong with those all the way to the probably the best one i had and the best one i always use as an example is matt from august burns red said to me i want a full rc monster truck rally setup at the festival right which was just so fucking extra and i was like yeah i'm sold on that and then we go all the way to like the really specific things of like someone said to me they want this so there was a uh um a Norwegian-based band, and they wanted a Norwegian-based energy drink, and they just wanted a case of that and a packet of cigarettes. That's all they wanted. It was so weirdly specific. So what would you like to add? I'm going to... Can I add two things? Of course you can. Absolutely. Um, The first is quite... I mean, it's a little bit basic. Um, I discovered... I was in the States a few weeks ago, and Mm. I discovered that American Skittles are... (sighs) That's a a shout. they are off the chain. They are yeah. so good. They're so full of sugar and additives. It's <laughs> absolutely crazy. You have a few of those and then you're just hyper for the rest of the day. But I'm really fussy. I only like the red and orange flavors. So okay. when I got a pack, I would leave the purple, green and yellow. So yeah. I would like a load of American Skittles flown in mm-hmm. and then all the, only the red and the orange ones filtered out for for me and that's <laughs> such the an extra of, thing the other bands can have the green yellow and and purple ones but i would like a mountain of red and orange american skittles and then in terms of my really indulgent thing i'm gonna go one up from the monster truck rally and i'm gonna ask for an f1 circuit ah oh, see you know what like i i had so much faith in you getting this the because that's the thing some people get like they go like oh and then it kind of but you just straight in you know exactly what you wanted and it's like it's so oh perfect absolutely amazing <laughs> i love that so um the f the f1 circuit so what, what i'm thinking is we can have the f1 circuit like so we have i don't know like the four stages fine and then like just to like so almost a bit like um donnington just for throwing that as a kind of a, a benchmark kind of idea but instead of motorbikes it'd be f1 and then like so when you have like um what's the uh the bottled water that everyone's drinking at the moment um uh liquid death so rather than having that we could just be endorsed by american skittles like we could just endorse them completely but only the specific colors that you requested <laughs> <laughs> just to go super extra i love it i love it um yeah so i've got um one fun one final thing to kind of ask and, and talk about and that is what is ahead in, in for 2023 the rest of the year obviously the album is coming out uh, and will be out very very soon if this podcast goes out before and obviously if it goes out after it's out everywhere the tour is obviously in october what can fans expect for the rest of the year that we can talk about or anything you would like to plug at the end and say at the end I mean, uh, at the moment, uh, 
festival, we've got stuff to to be announced mm-hmm. um, after the album's out and after the tour's announced. There's going to be uh, lots of exciting things on the radar to be announced, but uh, sadly, I cannot go into any no, of those fair, details fair, just fair. yet. Yeah, uh, but yeah, got got plenty of, of stuff to look forward to, and hopefully, hopefully, reaching some new territories uh, with touring uh, next year. So, so that'll be really exciting if if we can make it happen. Um, and then in terms of like plugging things, I don't know. I mean, you were talking about earlier, um, me sort of being like Matt Heafy and, and always going mm. on about, uh, other bands and stuff. I just really yeah. want to say like a big shout out to Church Road Records because Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. released my solo album, Noctual. They released Salwar's third album and the stuff they are releasing this year Every album has been absolutely top notch. Yeah. I just think they're real tastemakers, Sammy and Justine, and absolutely. the work that they're doing with that record label is very inspiring. Um, so yeah, I just want to give a shout out to them really because they're awesome, and everyone should just check out the label, check out all the bands, and uh, check out Employed to Serve as well. Absolutely. Again, uh, Sammy, well, I think Sammy was a couple of uh, episodes in front of yourself uh, and Sammy. So basically, as I remember it, uh, it was Connor from Conjure and Silosis that broke down the door. Then Sammy came, then you came. And then after that, it sort of just ran away with itself and we find ourselves where we are today. So, yeah, massive thank you for coming on again. Um, you know, when we uh, when you come around to do a new album, either uh, Svalbard or, or, the so- or the Solar Project and things, more than welcome to have part three. I, I say this is always a, a pleasure. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, good luck with the album. I hope it goes swimmingly. I hope the tour goes swimmingly. And um, obviously, I'm hoping to catch you guys at one of the shows uh, that are either announced. Leeds is a little bit far from me. My other half is from Leeds or around that kind of area, so we might be able to make it work. But if not, I'm sure there's going to be more dates and things, and I'm going to hope and try and make it down to a show. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. It's really lovely to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure, pleasure. Awesome stuff. We'll see you all very soon. Peace and love.